welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, a podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR stories from over the last week. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. So join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I am joined again by Jade Burke, editor of My Grapevine. Welcome back, Jade. Pleasure to have you on the podcast again. Hi, Sophia. Good to be back again. Are you enjoying the uh, the nice summer weather out there? <laughs> yeah, it's glorious at the moment, isn't it? It's like an Indian summer. Yeah, it's nice to have a bit of a change, I suppose. But anyway, back to the topic for this week's podcast. We are going to be talking about the concept of working from home in the long term. Um, And this discussion comes after Netflix's CEO and chairman hit headlines last week after he said he doesn't feel that working from home has any positive effects. In fact, in a recent interview with the Wall Street Journal, Reed Hastings said that not being able to get together in person, particularly internationally, is a pure negative. Despite this, though, the streaming service, which employs circa 8,600 staff members, said that workers wouldn't have to return to a central uh, workspace until a large portion had received a COVID-19 vaccine. Also last week, Lord Alan Sugar was another boss who hit headlines for slamming work from home. The British billionaire who appears in the well-known BBC series The Apprentice essentially accused people who work from home of becoming a bit complacent and he also encouraged workers to return to offices. This happened in an interview with ITVs this morning where he reportedly said, we have been told what to do. Wear masks, wash hands, get on a bus, don't touch your face, get on a train, don't touch your face. Those people who still like working from home have become a bit complacent, honestly. The topic of whether working from home is the right way to conduct professional endeavours long term has also been in the news before, though. And to reel off another example, the location, location, location TV presenter Kirsty Allsop sparked a bit of a social media storm I think it was last month, after claiming that workers should be eager to return to work amid the crisis to prove their worth to bosses. Yet, after receiving a wealth of backlash, the property expert said that her comments weren't meant as an attack on home workers before posting the following to the social media platform Twitter, where she said, work from home works beautifully for some and is pretty hellish for others. But my cynicism is about employers, not employees. So as you can see from the examples I just read out there from just a handful that caught our attention, the idea of working from home in the long term hasn't always been viewed favourably. And some leaders are definitely more encouraging of getting workers back to central workspaces. Yes, I think that's all all pretty true. Um, But of course, just to look at the other side of the coin, there are several businesses who have actually, I think, shone a light on how positive home working can be, um, particularly during this time, of course. So, for example, the Czech giant Twitter actually told staff members that they could work from home forever if they wanted to and if their role permitted it. And in a statement from the firm, they said the past few months have proven we can make that work. So if our employees are in a role and situation that enables them to work from home and they want to continue to do so forever, we will make that happen. And then according to a CEN business article, Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg said that as many as 50% of his staff at the firm could be working remotely within the next five to 10 years. And then obviously elsewhere, we've got the company Shopify, who revealed that they'll keep offices closed until next year and after that. 
So it's likely that employees will work permanently from home there. So I think in these instances, it is clear that these companies have recognised that the benefits um, home working actually brings. But that aside, there is also a growing appetite, I think, for home working opportunities going forwards. And when just having a little look at some research before this podcast today, I found some research from Dynata that's been reported by FE News, and that found that 74% of Brits want to work from home at least some of the time post-pandemic, while 15% would like to work from home permanently. So to keep staff engaged and retained, it is possible that more employers will consider more permanent home working options, I think, perhaps looking towards the future, definitely. As you said, with the the stats you just read off there, there's definitely a growing appetite among workforces to work from home in the long term, perhaps because the coronavirus pandemic has given them a flavour of this increased amount of flexibility. But not even just working from home permanently in the long run. Those statistics also showed that there is also an appetite for flexibility to do a bit of both. For example, going into the office a couple of days a week and then also working from home for the, the latter part of the week. But I know you spoke to an HR leader before the podcast, Jade, who did share some insights with you about why employers should essentially try and see the benefits of working from home. Yes, so I previously spoke with Justin Ukrainski, the head of learning and a people transformation lead at the Royal Mail. And he actually is urging employers to try and see the benefits of remote working, suggesting that it is likely here to stay for some time. And when he spoke to me, he said, I've seen leaders who would never encourage home working, who had no choice to do it and now have completely shifted their mindset. We say the new normal, and I think we are starting to go from seeing it as a kind of thing that we had to do as a negative to actually people realising they can thrive working from home and their team can thrive. So it should shift from something we have to do to something we like doing. This is also a stance that has been echoed by many businesses, obviously, as we mentioned Twitter earlier, but in addition to that, RBS Bank and JP Morgan, who have also told staff that they can work from home for as long as they wish to. And statistics from 451 Research also indicate that this could continue for the long term, as 67% of respondents stated that they expect that their work from home policies will become permanent or at least remain in place for the long term. So obviously throughout the podcast, we've shared varying different perspectives on the idea of working from home in the long run. And this definitely begs the question and follows previous research that Jade referenced to earlier in the podcast. Will employers have to meet in the middle and offer a little bit of, you know, homeworking and also a bit of time in the office? Yeah, I think it's it's really worthwhile for employers and HR leaders to consider that, definitely. And I think perhaps businesses could have scope to take on uh, something that's called a hybrid workforce, whereby employees have more freedom around when and where they work, providing them with more autonomy to fit their work around their own personal lives. Um, And I read that in a recent BBC article. And that could obviously mean allowing staff to work from home and the office for a certain amount of days a week, or even allowing staff to work a full week in the office each month, while allowing them to decide where to locate themselves for the remaining weeks of the month. You know, that could be on a beach somewhere, in a coffee shop, whatever works for them. But then in addition to that, research from the CIPD revealed that the proportion of people working from home on a regular basis once the crisis is over is expected to increase to 37%. That's compared to 18% before the pandemic. So the importance of, I think, embracing this way of work certainly seems like something all HR leaders will likely need to take on board, I think, for the future. 
Yes, I mean, just referring back to the stats from the CIPD, I think it's definitely food for thought for HR leaders and employers going forwards. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content, whether that's our daily newsletter, monthly magazines, webinars, live events, or market leading research papers. So to find out more or to sign up to our daily content newsletter, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues, please visit hrgrapevine.com. Thank you.